Hey, it's Kathy. I'm so excited because, drumroll please, doors are officially open to my program, The Abundance Method. I have been wanting to put this program out in the world for two and a half years. I've been working on it behind the scenes, and this is my signature program. This is the program that is going to teach you the method, the framework for how to become a master manifester in your life. Why is that? Because everything is vibration. We live in a world that is atomic. That means the world is made of atoms, which is energy. 99.9% of every atom is energy and less than 1% particle. So in order for us to manifest in our life, we need to become the highest vibe possible and to sustain that. This program is going to show you how to meditate and how to set your day on the right track so that you have a practice that can help you project your amazing energy into the world, which will bend the 3D, which will help you manifest in ways that you won't even believe. This is a transformative live 10-week program. It is designed to help you on this journey of spiritual awakening. It's going to give you tons of tools. I'm going to show you how to change your energy, master the manifestation once and for all, This is the first program of its kind. We're actually trademarking all of this framework because it is something that is so unique. And I think you're going to be so excited about learning it. Also, there are some bonuses right now. If you sign up before May 10th, you'll be getting a physical abundance box. Plus, you're going to get an exclusive podcast so that you can be listening to this program. If you can't make the live Zoom calls, we can give it to you on a track so that you can be listening to it like you do a podcast. Also, you're going to get a pack of 10 meditations from me. And you're going to be getting a training that I just gave a workshop called Permission to be Rich, one of the best workshops I've ever done, which you will love. And there is a platinum level to this program. If you choose the platinum level, not only do you get extra coaching calls with me, you also get extra mentor support, but this is really cool. You also get a retreat included. My retreats are normally $3,000. You will get the retreat for free included. Plus, You will get a front row seat at that retreat because you will be on the platinum VIP track at the retreat. All of this is here for you. I'd love to see you in this program. I want to see you tapping in, turning on to that electricity within you so that you can find your way to the life that you were born to manifest for yourself. You can join us now at kathyheller.com slash join. I cannot wait. Get on in there. See what all the excitement is about. It's going to be so much fun. Thanks to Purple for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. Purple is an evolutionary mattress with its own patented technology. Go to purple.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob. For a limited time, you'll get $150 off any Purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. Also, thanks to Book of the Month. Book of the Month is an online book service for readers, and their mission is to promote new and emerging authors and help readers discover new books. Get your first book for just $9.99 when you go to bookofthemonth.com and use code dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. I just wanted to say thank you for letting me be 100% myself. You guys are the most supportive, loving, generous group of humans I've ever known in my life. And tomorrow's my birthday and it's really such a gift that you showed up in my life. 
And um, I really can't believe it sometimes. You know, I just started this podcast three and a half years ago, sitting in my old house in the floor of my closet. And um, people say all these things about like social media or the internet or whatever. It's like, I have met people I never would have met from cities I've never been to, from countries I can't necessarily travel to every day. Like I've gotten to connect with you and I'm so grateful for it. You've added so much to my life. And, um, yeah, I just always want to be myself and be super real and tell you what I'm experiencing. Um, I never want to be part of the problem. Like I always feel like so often one of the biggest issues we all face is that we look at other people and we just see the tip of the iceberg and we, we fill in the rest of the story. Like, Oh, that person has it together. That person's perfect. Look at that person's life. Look at that person's career. Look at that person's marriage. And what's wrong with me? And I want to show you all of it, you know? And anyway, it was really enlightening that conversation that I had with Byron Katie. Did you guys hear that episode from a few days ago? It's so liberating what she's saying. And at the same time, it's threatening too. Like I've been practicing it more this week since talking to her. And, you know, her whole thing is that we are causing ourselves so much unnecessary suffering because of the thoughts that we believe. And she's right. And, you know, I told you a few days ago that I was feeling stressed that my marriage, like, it's so funny because at the beginning of quarantine, we were getting along so well. And then, you know, we're a normal couple. So we go through ups and downs and we are also making some huge changes. We're moving. There's like so much going on. And so things started to feel really stressed. And I was talking about that. And I realized about myself that sometimes I don't want to let go of the things I think that make me feel sad. And it's like fascinating. And I asked myself, why not? And it's interesting how like in my work or with my kids, I don't really get into that stuff in my head. Things just seem to really flow. But in my marriage, I'm very black and white. I'm either like, it's all great or, oh my God, we're doomed. And it might be because my parents are divorced. It might be because... I think I have like defenses up. And when I asked Byron Katie on Monday, I was like, well, why would someone hold on to these beliefs or thoughts that make us sad? And she's like, oh, my dear, because you don't have to do anything. You don't have to change anything. You're not responsible. You can keep blaming someone else. You can be pitied. Like there's so many reasons. And I was thinking, why do I do it? And I think because, you know, I don't like to admit it to myself, but I think there was a point where I really needed my parents. And I think when they broke up and when my dad left, I think there was a part of me that was broken in many pieces. And I made some like agreement with myself that like, I would never let anyone hurt me like that, or I would never need someone so much. And so I think like I keep some of those thoughts where I'm like perpetuating this old narrative, like Byron Katie is so right when she says that you know, we go through things in the past and then we just hold on to those thoughts. And so we, we, we live in a movie. She said, it's like we, we project these thoughts onto everything. And then that's the movie that plays. It's sort of like if you go out and you look for people and, and you think to yourself, Oh, people are so rude. 
you'll see people through a lens of, oh my God, people are so rude. People are so selfish. But if you have this movie playing where your script is saying people are so generous, then you'll see the world through those eyes and you'll just see people being generous and helpful and you'll see it everywhere. What you seek is seeking you, as Rumi said. So I think in my career, I always feel like this is so possible and everybody's needed and it's okay if we're not perfect and we can be messy as long as we're empathetic. That's what matters most. And so things just really flow and I don't usually take things personally in business and I don't take things personally in my friendships. I'm always like, Oh, if they didn't write back, they're busy. It's good. It's fine. Like we're all good. And so it is all good. And in my marriage, it's the complete opposite. Like I have this narrative of, you know, I'm so invisible. He doesn't show up. And that's how I felt as a kid. And it's like, I just keep replaying that, like, you know, or I have to do everything on my own, which is how I felt as a kid. And it doesn't have to be that way. So it's just fascinating how I can like flip back into that place. And I think we go into that place because we don't want to admit that we're hurt. So we'd rather go into place of like judgment or anger because it makes us feel like more powerful. And then when we're hurt, then we feel more vulnerable. But I really feel grateful because my husband and I had a lot of like good conversations and I feel really grateful for a couple of like our great like mentors in our life who like talked to us this week and gave us amazing perspective. And one of them being Rabbi David Aaron, who you guys heard in April, he was here. He's so amazing. And he just had so much good stuff to share with both of us. And I feel so grateful for that. So, um, I feel like the fog lifted a little bit. Anyway, I'm going to move on in a second. But the last thing I want to say about this whole thing with Byron Katie and what I've been realizing this week, if a thought hurts, it's a signal. It's not true. And I know that we think a lot of things, but just because we think something doesn't mean it's true. And I really encourage you to go to Byron Katie's website because she does have these free worksheets where you can write down this thought like, this person doesn't love me or this person doesn't appreciate me or I'll never be good enough or whatever these thoughts are. And within like four minutes, you can complete this worksheet and you can release from this torture of believing something. And then maybe if you keep doing it, you'll stop looking at the world through a script that's really not serving you. And I just feel like she's right. Our birthright is freedom and joy. And, um, I think that we have a lot to do with releasing from some of the suffering. I think pain is inevitable, but suffering can sometimes be optional. And so I just encourage all of us to keep doing it. And like she said, she doesn't call it the work for nothing. She calls it the work because it is work, but, um, I'm here to support myself and all of us in changing the script and choosing thoughts that make us feel so much more alive. I love when she says, is it true? Is it really true? And then she says, how do you feel when you think that thought and who would you be without it? And Gabby Bernstein says that too. It's like, how do you feel? It's like, if you don't feel great when you think it, think a different thought, turn it around. All right. So there's some food for thought. And now we're going into my birthday, which is tomorrow. And I was thinking actually, because I'm so grateful for all of you that I want to share my birthday with you. So if you feel so inclined, I'm going to do a little giveaway, just making this up on the spot. 
I'm going to send like flowers and cupcakes and chocolate, like something really fun, like stuff that I love to get for my birthday. I'm going to pick two of you and send you this in the mail. Whoever wins, we'll figure out, you know, what your address is and we'll find a local florist or a local cupcake shop near you and we'll have these delivered. But if you want to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is make sure you subscribe to the podcast, um, leave us a review. That'd be a good birthday present. And then just like go on your Instagram and tag me and maybe just leave a little message, like tell your friends, you know, like what this podcast has meant to you. Or if I've touched your life in some way, like it would just lift my soul so much to hear it. And, um, if you tag me, I'll reshare it, um, throughout my birthday weekend. And then we'll pick a couple of you and I'll just send you just something extra just to say thanks. But that would mean so much. And I hope that you guys are getting through it. (laughs) Another week of COVID and all the stuff. And I'm excited because today's episode is awesome. Allie Webb is here. A lot of you probably know her. She's the co-founder of Dry Bar. It's an idea that she has now grown into a franchise of over a hundred salons that focus on the simple concept of blowouts and being the best at that. And as a frequent customer, I can definitely attest to how great they are at what they do. It's one of the places I've missed during quarantine, and I'm excited because they've just started reopening some locations, and boy, do I want to go back. Um, Drybar was named one of the top 100 brilliant ideas of 2010 by Entrepreneur Magazine and New York Magazine's Boom Brands of 2013. It's been featured in Forbes, Marie Claire, and Fast Company, but... Allie didn't stop there. She's also the co-founder now of Squeeze, which is all about a better massage experience. And she's a best-selling author too. And she's the co-host of her awesome podcast called Raising the Bar with her brother and the co-founder of Dry Bar, Michael. They interview other incredible entrepreneurs like their dad, but also Jacqueline Johnson and Joy Cho and so many other cool people. You should definitely go listen to that because I think you'll like it. We recorded this episode before the pandemic hit, but I wanted to play it because it's inspiring. It's inspiring to hear somebody who started um, with just a simple idea and just went for it. There were lots of pivots and she started super small. And because she had the passion and the courage to take one step at a time, something huge has grown. Without further ado, please welcome the wonderful Allie Webb. Allie Webb, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for making the time. (laughs) Uh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. When we started the show, I made a list of 10 guests, Bobby Brown, makeup artist, you, and a few people, and, and you're finally here, Aww. and you, you couldn't be nicer and so <laughs> down to earth and humble. So I know you've told the story a million times, but I don't know that everyone knows the details. So can we go back to how this all starts? Yeah. I mean, I grew up, like you, I grew up in Boca Raton, Florida, and mm-hmm. um you know, when I moved to Boca, I was in like middle school and um, the country club we lived in, which I know sounds very like crazy and chic, but my parents owned their own business when we were growing up, um, which I owe, you know, so much of my knowledge that I didn't even know I was getting wow. uh, being an entrepreneur. Growing up, I wanted to be a professional tennis player. And I think once I got into high school, I just didn't realize I didn't have what it took. But that was my early dream. And um, growing up in South Florida, as I know you know and understand this all too well, my naturally curly hair was just a constant fight. And I, from from as early as I can remember, I was like trying to figure out how to get my hair to look like, as I remember it, you know, like Christy Brinkley and Cindy Crawford, who were like the big models of our time. You know, their hair was always like bouncy and shiny and straight. And I was like, how in the world 
why does their hair look like that? And why does my hair look like this? I mean, really, it was like, it was such a thing for me. And I was so, so intrigued by it. And, you know, I mean, maybe I was a little bit vain as a kid, but I, I just, I didn't feel like really put together. And, you know, because my hair is just frizzy and I always had to put it in like a bun because I didn't know how to do it. And, and it was just like such a frustrating thing for me. And, you know, when I started discovering blowouts, which, you know, I would go to get my hair cut and they blow out my hair straight. And I was like, it was like the greatest day ever when that happened. Yeah, I yeah. loved it so, so much. And I used to beg my mom to blow out my hair. She wasn't a professional hairstylist by any means, but <laughs> um, so, you know, that seed was planted at a very young age mm-hmm. and, you know, fast forward to like being done with high school and my, you know, all of my friends knowing what they wanted to do when they were majoring in. And I was so like, how do you know? You know, I just did not know what I wanted to do with my life. And my parents had their own clothing stores and you know, I always loved clothes and fashion and, so I thought that seemed like a logical kind of next step for me. So I really kind of set off in a career or wanting to, to do a career in more in fashion. And I moved to New York City. I went to college for like a hot second and I never really went to class and didn't know what to go to class for. Oh, so I was it. very lost. And <laughs> I moved to New York City, worked in fashion for a while. I worked for Nicole Miller, Cynthia Raleigh were really big designers back then. And, and I worked for both of them um, and, and really thought I wanted to pursue a career in fashion. My brother, Michael, and I ended up both working for Nicole Miller. He was in corporate. I was like managing the Soho store. And then we moved back to South Florida, back to Boca and opened Nicole Miller Boutique in Meisner Park and oh in uh, Miami on Collins Avenue. I know. So we started that and eventually sold it because I just realized like, this is not it for me. You know, I don't, I don't want to spend the rest of my life like running a regional operation. It just wasn't, it didn't feel right. You know, and my brother and I were fighting a ton and it just wasn't right for, for either of us. So that was, you know, again, it was another like kind of pinnacle point for me because I was like, what the hell am I going to do now? And (laughs) I'd also gone to fashion marketing school at the um, Fort Lauderdale Art Institute, you know, just all trying to figure it out. And, you know, I'm such a big believer in, you know, trusting your path and following what kind of excites you and lights you up. And, and I kind of kept doing that. And at, at that point with Michael and I running Nicole Miller, I was very unhappy and I realized it and said, I got to, I got to do the one thing that I keep thinking about that makes me happy. And that was to do hair. So Michael was very supportive of that decision. My, my parents were kind of like, what? Not so much. You want to go yeah. to beauty school? <laughs> yeah, not so much. I mean, you can imagine the stereotype there. But I was like, I want to do it. This is the only thing I, I can think of that I really love. And, you know, I had very grandiose ideas. I was going to, you know, move back to New York City and, and work on, you know, fashion shows and editorial. And I had like pretty grand, a pretty grand vision of what I wanted to do with hair, obviously not not as grand as dry bar, but I knew I wanted to do something. And, and again, I just kind of kept following what, what was exciting me. And, and I really fell in love with the whole thing. I mean, I walked into beauty school and was like, yeah, this is where I'm meant to be. These are my people. This is it. Mm. And so, and I loved it and I loved every second of it. And I, you know, spent the next, that was in my early twenties. And I basically, you know, got my license, worked. I don't know if you know, Jesse Peters, he's done everything about hair and then I moved back to New York City again, worked for one of the biggest hairstylists in the world. And then like a true like mid 20 year old, I was like, I want to try something else now. And then I ended up working in PR for a little while because I had a, a bunch of friends who were like working in the entertainment business in PR. And I thought that seemed fun. And mm-hmm. so I did that for a while, met my now ex-husband in New York City. We moved. He worked in advertising. He's a creative. He's also the creative genius behind Drybar. We met and moved to California 
started a family and I became a stay-at-home mom, and which was also something that I had always really dreamt about is having kids and being able to stay home with them. And, and from working so hard all of my life, I mean, you know, I had a job when I was 16 and before that I was working in my parents' store all the time. You, you know, the idea of being a stay-at-home mom and not having to quote-unquote work sounded really appealing to me and I was so excited to, you know, to have babies. And then <laughs> after five years of staying home with my boys, I kind of got the itch to go and do something again for yeah. myself. And that's when I started my mobile blow dry business straight at home, which would eventually turn into, into dry bar is, you know, that during that time, I realized there was a pretty massive hole in the market and there was a real business to be had for affordable blowouts in a great, beautiful space. It just, you know, was something that just simply didn't exist. And it was just so cost prohibitive and, you know, stylists wanted to focus that, you know, hour on uh, cut and color. And so I was like, you know, this is a place I had dreamt of, didn't know of it at the time, of, but as a kid, you know, and so it was also in 2010, it was in the middle of a recession, but I just really felt in my gut that women who were cutting back on, you know, cotton collar and shopping, you know, for $35, which is, you know, what we were when we started 10 yeah. years ago, yeah. they would, they would surely take advantage of it, you know, and the big question mark was really, are do women who don't struggle as much as we do with our hair are they interested in it too and you know as it turns out they are and of course as women we want what we don't we don't have so you know women with straight hair want the curls and volume and women with curly hair want the straight and sleek and so it (laughs) you know the business took off just beyond our wildest dreams and that was 10 years ago it's amazing the whole story is so great and I love how it's just so real. Like you did this, you didn't know to hear Ali Webb say, I didn't know what I want to do with my life. It's such a wow, because at this moment it's everywhere. And I think what I want to sort of break down for our listeners, because so many people listening to our show, the real pain point for them is Kath, I just know I don't love what I do, but I don't know exactly what to do. And I think what a lot of people often do is they mistake, okay, so in order for me to begin, I have to think about opening a hundred stores versus where it actually started. So can you tell us those first three steps? Like how did it actually start before (laughs) like, oh, this is a validated idea? Yeah. I mean, you can never think of it like, oh, I'm going to get to a hundred stores. I mean, sure. You could, I guess you can kind of have that vision. I didn't. And, And I also was never driven by money and, you know, the financial gain. I was driven by passion and excitement mm-hmm. about doing something that felt really good. And I loved, and, and, you know, everything else is a bonus is how, is how I looked at it. Yep. I mean, there's so many layers of steps and, and then that does overwhelm people. But I think the best way to think about it is like, it's literally one step at a time, yeah. um, one phone call at a time, one conversation at a time. And, you know, in, in my case, I mean, the, the evolution of dry bar was like the, <laughs> the very first conversation I ever had about it was when my very best friend, Paige Appel, who's also a very successful entrepreneur here in LA, her and I had met at a breastfeeding support group when our babies were babies who are now 15. And, and, you know, we became best friends and both very, um, you know, driven and ambitious. And just, you know, we were, we were sitting in my living room in my Santa Monica two bedroom condo with our babies, like literally crawling around on the floor. And we had actually, Paige and I had actually started a party planning business because she was really great at party at planning like events mm-hmm. and she just had such a beautiful aesthetic and I was like oh I can help you do that and I could be like the people person yeah. and that didn't work with us and I didn't really love it and so it was a, you know not good but during that conversation I was like you know I feel like also side note Paige has really really curly frizzy hair and so she'd always ask me to blow out her hair mm-hmm. and I was like you know I feel like maybe I should start 
a mobile blowout business where I basically just go to these mom's houses while their babies are sleeping potentially and blow out their hair and not charge a lot of money for it. <laughs> and, and she was like, yeah, that's a great idea. I bet so many women would love that. And so, and we, 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 we figured out it'd be $40 because it was like two twenties. That's really easy. I mean, there was not a business <laughs> plan. There was not a lot of thought that was it. So I put this thing on a, a Yahoo group and it was like, Hey, I'm a stay at home mom. And I'm thinking about, starting a business, um, doing this blowout, would anybody be interested? And I got an overwhelming response. And Cameron, my ex-husband, was um, made me this one-page website that was like, you know, straight at home, super cute. And it was like really my first marketing lesson. He said, you know, if you make a really cute website, people will call you. And I was like, really? And sure enough, they did. And I, I basically started running around town blow drying, you know, my mommy friends. And, you know, that's how that business started and really was thriving. And that's when I realized, like, I need to do this on a bigger scale. And instead of me going to women, they should start coming to me. So yeah. <laughs> it was at that point that, that I was like, oh, maybe I'd turn this into an actual business. Because I wasn't really making any money. I mean, between gas and, yeah. you know, driving. Yeah, like, 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 go like, all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a profitable business. But what it did, and again, back to not being led by money, because for me, it was just more about, you know, getting out of the house doing something for, yeah. that felt good for myself. Yeah. And, I, and I remember very distinctly when I was operating that business, I felt like very fulfilled and I was just happy to get a few hours by myself away from my kids to totally. do something that uh, I enjoyed yes. doing and to t- talk to other women. Cause I was like, yeah. also like, I mean, I don't know if you have kids, but I have three you kids. know, my yeah. poor husband would, yeah, so you get it. My husband would come home from work and I would be like, blah, 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 and like talking his face off because I was talking, was hanging out with like babies all day, you know? And, yes. and so this, <laughs> this business became like just exactly what I needed at that moment. And I felt really like, this is great. I'm really busy. And, and because I got so busy and I ended up having to say no more than yes to, to my, my little business because I could only really do like two or three clients a day because I had to run around and then yeah. I had to get my kids. You know, that's when I realized like maybe we should look at this as a business. And it's also in 2010, it's the middle of a recession. But, you know, in terms of like the steps and the layers, I mean, I, you know, that's when I started talking to my brother, Michael, about this and saying, hey, I'm, you know, this business is really, yeah. I'm yeah. really busy. Like maybe, maybe there's an opportunity here you know, to, to start an actual brick and mortar of straight at home. And, and, and it's funny because Cam, my, my ex-husband, who I'm, you know, on great terms with, he always said, you know, you get your nails done once a week. And I, and I never really noticed, but when you get your hair blown out, because he knows what my real hair is, he's like, it's the first thing I notice. And he's yeah. like, I think this will be the new hair salon, but better, you know? And so we, the three of us like kind of locked arms and we're like, yeah, let's do this. Michael had worked in, at Yahoo and that like when Yahoo was really booming, so he had a little bit, he made a little bit of money and he was going to fund it. And I remember one of our first conversations and he was like, okay, I'm going to put up all the money, but we're going to own the business 50, 50, and you're going to have sweat equity. And I was like, what is sweat equity? You know, no <laughs> idea what that was. Um, and Boy, did you find that out. to me? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, that's great. You know, and so, you know, that was the, I was going to run the business and he was, you know, going to help and support it. We, we really just had no idea how big the opportunity was. Yeah. But, you know, then it was like months and months and months and months of me, like then starting to call the cosmetology board and seeing what I needed and 
Yeah, like I, I mean, funny story. I signed this into a towel contract that was like so ridiculously expensive to get out of. And later I was like, now I'm never allowed to sign anything without lawyers reading it because of that. And I mean, just you don't know what you don't know. No, I've never heard the two words put together towel contract, but there's a lot of towels at the dry bar. Like, you're right. There must be some. Yes. That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of little things. Yeah. And to go back to your question of like, it seems overwhelming and daunting. Like, yeah, it is. But, you know, you make a list of, and you figure out what the top priorities are in that yeah. list. And, you know, for me, it was like, well, we're going to need blow dryers and brushes and products and towels <laughs> and power. And there's like a yeah. handful of things that we're going to need. So who do I start calling? Yeah. And I mean, and listen, in the beginning, we made a lot of mistakes and we called a lot of the wrong people. We overpaid and we didn't get things done right. And it was a, it was a, you know, a learning and it still is like, we still of course make mistakes, but you know, I think the way to think of it is this, like, you just start, you know, you just keep, you just go and you just start uh-huh. figuring every little thing out. So, you know, I think that's kind of how, how we did it. And, and, you know, and I, I was lucky to have a lot of support. I mean, I remember my brother would have, was on the phone with like AT&T trying to get our phone system Wi-Fi set up. Luckily he dealt with that part, you know, and Cameron was working on all like the website and the creative behind the scenes. And then I was, you know, had this big list of trying to like figure out what the experience was going to be all the while, like starting to meet with hairstylists in my house oh and my having them God. blow out my hair as the interview process. I mean, oh. it, was, it was like crazy. You figure, we just figured it out, you know? And, and I oh. think the fact that my parents has their own business, you know, Michael and I had that like entrepreneurial spirit, like you just figure it out. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. When you opened that first store, were you thinking, that that's as big as it's going to be. Like, we're going to have an amazing store. Like at what point did you realize, oh, we're opening a second store? How long did that take? Well, I mean, I think I knew very quickly, very, very, like within the first day. I mean, it was so busy. Oh my And, I, and you know, having God. worked in, in hair salons all of my life, like it's just, that's, you know, and, and being a stylist and like getting fed clients and waiting for clients to walk through the door you know, it's just like, that. it was such a weird phenomenon. It was so surreal how busy we were and how much like people, this concept like instantly resonated with women. And yeah. I, I'm sure you remember the Daily Candy and I talk about it all yeah. the time because Daily Candy, which was, you know, would always kind of break the new, like what was cool mm-hmm. and hot. And it was before mm-hmm. internet was exactly what it is and all that. And they had, you know, run an editorial piece on, on Dry Bar and how like some pithy, like, you know, hot air is blowing into town and um, anyways, that had run before we opened and, it, you know, it really got so many women yeah. in the door. So we were so booked and so understaffed that first day, that first week. I mean, I was doing blowouts in the first chair for probably a month or two, just running the front desk and doing hair because oh. the influx of clients was just insane. It was amazing. But I mean, and also we couldn't like answer the phones because, the shop was so loud with the music and the blow dryers and the phone and the front desk. And it's like, you couldn't talk to the person standing in front of you, which Perfect. was more important to me than the person right, on the phone. Right. We were like, oh my God, what are we doing? Who has to wear? How do we answer the phones? And I mean, I remember at one point, like telling people, don't answer the phone, let it go to voicemail. We'll call them back, which was like, seems like a, like it's a terrible decision, but it was like, it was a lesser of two evils because yes. I felt very important to give a great experience yep. in the shop. Which, by the way, as you know, it's more so like in L.A. and New York, I'm sure. It's like hair salons have always had this, like, in my opinion, many of them, not all, but many of them have this, like, very snooty, elitist feel. And I, I was can't like, stand it. We're not doing that. Oh, yet. it's the worst. Yeah, it's like, yep. 
yeah, it's like I wanted them to feel very high end, but like this mom and pop, like we're going to treat you really well though. Yeah. You know, so if we were trying to answer the phone and like, you know, putting like their finger in your face because they're on yeah. the phone, like, no. Yeah. So I was very adamant about that. And very quickly, we had to like have a basically call center and have the phones outside the shops, which also drove and still drives women crazy that we don't have phones in the shops. But it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, the lesser of two evils. Like, it's just, it's really hard to manage that. And something I didn't know, you know, when we were open. I mean, the the things I didn't know far outfeeds the things I did. You just did it. What I love about it is the experience. Seth Godin is like my personal mentor. And he always says, Kath, yeah. at, the, at the center of business is radical empathy. And the whole concept of dry bar and do you want the Cosmo? Do you want the Mai Tai? It's the cutest thing. It's like you literally sat down with your best friend and you went, I got you. Um, the thing about <laughs> it is when Candace Nelson was here, she also said daily candy, you know, broke sprinkles, of course. Yeah. But here's the thing, Allie, is that we all know that there are times where you get like thrown, you know, somebody throws you a pitch like that, but then the business doesn't necessarily work. So what is it that continues to keep people coming back? When you're talking to an audience and there are people who are listening right now, boy, do they want to figure out what real marketing is. Boy, do they want to figure out what it really means to serve your customer. What do you think is some of the DNA of that? Well, it's, it's a lot of things, right? I mean, it, it is having a lot of empathy, like Seth said. I mean, it's definitely, that's a huge thing. I mean, and for, for us, like the backbone of this business is customer service and it's treating people really well, you know, because people won't like their hair. That is definitely going to happen. But if we're really nice about it and we fix it and we figure it out and we want to make it right, that keeps people coming back. Yeah. So that's one thing, you know, that's one really, really big bucket that we have to kind yep. of constantly be working at. Um, and again, it is the backbone of the business because you can mess everything else up. But if you're nice to people, they'll forgive you. If you're not, they won't. And yeah. why would they, you know? And so, so there's that piece of it that's pretty massive. And then, you know, and then it's also like, you know, just, it, it, there is a lot to the marketing and the branding and, you know, for incredibly grateful to Cameron for, you know, his vision on the branding of this. And he, you know, spent his life in, in advertising and as a creative director. And I did not understand brand the way I do now when we were starting this business. And, you know, I know Candace very well. And Sprinkles is such a great example, which one I use all the time as another great brand and branding because you want to just go in it, not just because the cupcakes are delicious, but because like you want to, you just want to be in that space. Yeah, it feels awesome. good. And, yep. and, and, and I, didn't, I didn't really understand that until we built dry bar and it was like, you know, it was Cameron having this like very um, designing the brand and what that would look like. And then our architect, Josh Heitler, who's still our architect to this day. I remember sitting in meetings with him and trying to figure out what the stores were going to look like. Like, and I was like, I wanted to be like savvy chic, but I wanted to be really sleek and high end feeling. And I wanted mm-hmm. to be like white and marble. I mean, I had all these like really conflicting ideas and you know he 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 always said like I will protect you from yourself and 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 that's where (laughs) another great lesson here is like when you hire an architect who's so good like Josh you listen to them and I think a lot of business owners will hire great people but then think they know better than them and I didn't subscribe to that I was like to trust him a lot and so you know the way the stores are laid out I mean everything from the spacing of the chairs to the the padding on the wall is it's you know for acoustics and just the flow of the shop and you know Josh also really taught us about this kind of like surprise and delight element that you walk in the shop you're kind of like in a really great way, kind of assaulted with a lot, you know, of sensory <laughs> emotions of like, you know, the smell, the music, the blow dryers, 
the, the way the shop looks and feels. Like even when you go into the bathroom, the bathrooms are really cute. And then when you sit down in your chair and you're like, oh, this is my favorite movie. And then, oh, and my, my iPhone's dead. I need to charge it. And like, you know, oh, there's just they a definitely million have the charger action going on. They just got it all, all the little touches. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, and so that's a big piece of it. It's like, you know, and then you go in and you sit down and like there's a bartender who's like, uh, you know, offering you, you know, a drink or tea or coffee or champagne and they're being nice to you and they're talking to you. And then you see your best friend who happens to be in dry bar at that moment too. And it's so it's that experience that we've created with all the things I just said and constantly perfecting that experience. And yet, no, we don't always get it right. And we definitely, you know, make mistakes. But I think to answer your question of why it works and why people keep coming back, it's, it's a combination of all those things. It's like the way we treat people, the way you physically feel when you're in, your, in the shop. And then not to mention the fact that when you walk out and your hair looks amazing, you have this like inner confidence and this like pep in your step that I see yeah. time and time again with women where they just feel like they can conquer the world. And, you know, women tell me they don't go into a board meeting without a blowout or an important date or job interview or just oh, pick up their kids on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just this like, confidence that we've always said, you know, we're not selling blowouts, we're selling the happiness and confidence that you get from a really great blowout. And that, you know, and that was like a weird thing for me to embrace because I felt like in some ways when we were first starting this concept that it was, oh, this is a really vague business. We're not really like changing anybody's like, you know, it's not like you're getting a haircut. Yeah. It's, it felt just like almost fluffy. And I so quickly realized how wrong I was about that and how you know, the, the instant change we yes, would see in women's 100%. like demeanor from like walking in like yes. business and serious and, and mm -hmm. then walking out like floating and looking at themselves in every mirror. And it was like, holy, we are like making women feel so amazing, not, you know, so powerful. The and fact. I think that's why we, you know, we're so successful. And, you know, not to mention, I don't think that there's anybody more qualified to do this than me, <laughs> you know, because I have, I spent a lifetime you know, from the time I was a little girl, yeah. you know, to going to beauty school, you know, to just like having such yeah. a deep love of blowouts. Yeah. I mean, so weird and random, but this was like my thing. It was the only thing mm -hmm. I was really good at, mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, to, to start a business like this, you know, now I feel like I'm good at uh, more things and I feel like I have an MBA and in, in business oh, from God. just yes, building this could. business, but oh, yeah. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I was so underqualified. I didn't go to college. I certainly didn't have a fancy degree. I didn't have a business degree. I didn't have any of that stuff. I just had, you know, a pretty powerful determination oh. to do something great. <laughs> yep. I love this conversation, but before we keep going, we're going to take a quick ad break. I know a lot of you listening are also big readers, so I'm really excited to tell you about Book of the Month. Book of the Month is a super popular and fast-growing online book service for readers. They're all about promoting new and emerging authors and helping readers discover books that they love. Their team vets hundreds of books each month and then creates a curated selection of new and early release titles so you can spend more time reading and spend less time researching. It's risk-free. You can skip any month, anytime, and you won't be charged. Plus, they have the best price for new release fiction. I'm really excited to read the Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. It's a fictional novel about identical twins who are inseparable as children, but when they grow up, they ultimately choose to live in two different worlds. It's a dive into American history. It's a reflection on family, Black identity, and how our past shapes our present. And I think these are all such important topics to explore right now. There's also a ton of other genres available. So if you're more into sci-fi or rom-com or short stories or memoirs, you'll definitely find something you love. Start today and get your first book for just $9.99. Go to bookofthemonth.com and use code DREAMJOB. 
Technology has improved just about everything like phones and cars and shopping, but mattresses have more or less been the same since the invention of sleep, and we deserve better. Finally, the mattress has evolved thanks to Purple. The Purple mattress is soft where you want it, firm where you need it, and comfortably cool all over. It's truly a mattress that does it all. Their secret, it's the Purple Grid. It's a patented comfort technology that instantly adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. It's designed with over 2,800 open air channels and naturally temperature neutral gel, so you'll never sleep too hot or too cold. And every Purple mattress comes with free shipping and returns and a risk-free 100-night trial. I love this material because it's super soft and comfy and I'm the type of person who really needs a good night's sleep. So I think it's awesome that the mattresses can adapt to your body temperature and help you make sure that you're well rested for the next day. Experience the next evolution of sleep. Go to purple.com slash dream job and use promo code dream job for a limited time. You're going to get $150 off any purple mattress order of $1,500 or more. That's purple.com slash dream job promo code dream job for $150 off any mattress order of $1,500 or more terms apply. That's so powerful what you just said. Two things. One that you said at first, I thought we were just doing something fluffy. And then I realized every day, hundreds of women were walking out the door with like a skip in their step. And what I love about it is I don't know any woman who's really like crushing their self-care game. Like, I don't know any woman who's like, oh yeah, I'm totally crushing it. Cause we're such, we we're multi-tasked. We got kids, we got work, we got so much on our plate and we put ourselves dead last. Mm-hmm. And what I love about the dry bar and I've literally gifted it many, many times to people because I see uh-huh. it as the ultimate self-care because it's not a necessity. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, you have to check this off the list. You have to. No, it's literally not to get your hair cut. It's for you to feel good in your skin. And that, of course, should be a must on your list of things to do this week. I love that aspect of it. And the whole experience is like, I got 45 minutes right now for myself. I can watch this movie. I can sit here. And it's almost like it brings tears to your eyes because how could women not have that? It's amazing. I'm so glad that you you know, you know feel that way. And it's funny when... I meet women who like are like, oh no, I don't have time, you know, to go to the dry bar. I'm like, no, no, no. It will save you time. Bring your laptop, do your work. Oh, instead 100%. of having to spend the like 20 or 30 minutes on your hair yourself, yes. be, you can be more efficient or you can just zone out and listen to a podcast or music while you're getting your hair done or watch the movie. Yeah. It's like, it is actually a time saver. And then you don't have to deal with your hair for the next, yeah. you know, three, four, five, two weeks. If you're my friend, Andrea, you know, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's a total time saver, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that for a lot of people, they feel like, well, unless I'm curing cancer, how could I really feel like making cupcakes or doing hair is making an impact in the world? But think about the levels of impact. Not only did we just say very clearly that women walk out feeling better, a hundred percent. That is true. And then also you Mm -hmm. are now a walking billboard for I, as a girl, chose to do something and now I'm giving you guys permission to maybe do something you like, right? Like it's so many things that you are serving with now. It's way beyond. Like that's why they say your self-realization is the greatest gift you give the world. You've now become a lightning rod for you don't have to be an expert. You can figure it out. You can do something that feels like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. And boy, does it make an impact? I mean, it's just incredible Mm -hmm. what you've done. So let me ask you, when people feel imposter syndrome, when people, because I'm sure you know people in your own life, because the number one thing I see is that everyone has a gift or a spark that they want to do this thing or they're pretty good at something, but they don't take action. And it's because they think to themselves, who am I to do this? There's already a thousand other people blogging. There's a thousand other people starting businesses. So what do you say to women when they're like, 
why would I bother doing it? There's already 15 other people who are better than this, or I don't even know. So why would I begin when I'm not quote unquote ready? Yeah. I mean, I always say that like, we obviously didn't end up blowouts. We just created a much better experience around blowouts. It's the same thing we've done with squeeze our new, our massage concept, like we didn't invent massages, but we're just creating a much better experience around it. And so I always challenge women and tell women like, listen, there could be something that you love that exists, but maybe it's not exactly how you want it to be. And it's not done right. Which by the way, there's a gajillion things like that out there. I mean, every day of my life, it's almost like, it's almost like a, a curse. You know, when I walk into a business and it's something that I want to love, but I don't because it's not being executed well and the space isn't mm, right. And the people aren't right. And the branding I love right. this. Yes. You know, it's so true because it's like, there's a million missed opportunities out there all the time of, you know, of, and, and to me, it's mind blowing and baffling. Cause I'm like, but you want me to give you my money, like be nicer right. to me, you know, it's like, treat me better. And, and then, you know, it's like just so many businesses like don't get that miss the mark. I mean, you know, to answer, I, I'm thinking about, there are so many competitors at Drybar now and, and listen, by and large, I'm glad. And I think we've raised the category more and more women have access to blowouts. Great. That makes yep. me really happy. Yep. But what a lot of them have done, probably more than ones that have closed down is they look at it as a very opportunistic business. Like, let me, let me, let me, you know, open up a salon which we don't ever call dry bar, you know, and put what paints some walls and put in in its chairs and hire some stylists and like, boom, we have a dry bar and there's no like real, like, you don't really understand this business. Like that doesn't work. And people can see right through it. And you're, you know, you're copying us and you're trying to do what we did, but you don't know why. So it doesn't work, you know? And, and I think it goes for like somebody starting a business without having like a real like passion and desire for it. And yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of things out there that exist that aren't done well, that you could probably take your own twist on it and, and make it different and better. You know, there's just, there, there's so many opportunities out there. There, you know, there's so many stones unturned. That's always my kind of response I to that question that. is like, yeah, there's a million things that exist, but you could probably improve it and make it yeah. better. I mean, that's how, that's how we push forward. You know, it's like, I think about, these jobs and it's like nobody knew that we needed these smartphones and they you know and they, when you think about like iPods you know mm-hmm. what they were when they first came it's like we didn't nobody knew it's like it was a dream and it was like I wish we had this it's like dreaming it up of what you want and I think that sometimes it's overwhelming in our minds when we're like man I really wish that something like this you know it's like the old mm. like I know this sounds probably cheesy and cliche but like if you can dream it you can do it like if you can imagine it yeah. you can do it which which sometimes can seem impossible but if you can imagine something there's probably a good chance you can figure it out somehow you yeah. know I mean that's how maybe that's lofty but that's kind of how I I look no, at I think that life I guess and it's so powerful what you just said when Adam Grant uh, was on the show, he said to me something so good. He said, Kathy, you don't have to say something new if you say something true. And what you were mm. just talking about is like, it, it might already be out there. It's not about, I have to come up with something no one's ever heard of. It's, do I have something to add to the conversation? Can I make this better? Right. Is there a way for me to improve? Right. That is so empowering. And you're absolutely right. I mean, I live in Beverly Woods, so I live not too far from you. And I can think right now, I'm not going to say the names of three copies of you that have closed down in the time that I've lived Mm -hmm. here that tried, but it wasn't cohesive. There was no clear, this is who we are and this is who we're for. Let's talk about your podcast. Let's talk about Raising the Bar, another awesome name for a podcast (laughs) given what you do. (laughs) What made you want to start a podcast? You have a million things going on. You have no shortage of things to do. Why, Why start a podcast? 
Well, it was really mainly because he wanted to like be able to give back. I mean, I just, as you can imagine, I get, you know, Michael and I both get inundated all the time with um, questions from entrepreneurs, like wanting to know, like, how, how did you do all this? Like yeah. scaling the business, running the business, raising capital, there's just a gajillion things. And, you know, we can't possibly get back to everybody who, you know, reaches out to us. So we thought, it would be fun. And then it's really like Michael lives in Orange County now, which is about an hour or two hours of traffic, which is always yeah. traffic. So we don't get to see each other as much as we used to when we like back when we shared an office. But, you know, we like to do it just to like be together and be silly brother and sister, so the banter that we have yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. But then to talk to other entrepreneurs in all different walks of life, we've talked to entrepreneurs in so many different areas. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just like a fun conversation. And, and, and all the while we're like, oh yeah, this happened to us. And this is how we dealt with it. Cause they're, you know, they're talking about like things they've struggled with and things that they're, you know, they're, they're grappling with in their businesses and their stories are not all that different. You know, it's like as entrepreneurs, you're, you kind of all are dealing with a lot of similar stuff. So we started the podcast as a way to, you know, have these conversations. And, you know, we had Steve Berg, who's our, who's our like main guy from Castanea, the private equity fund. And he talked a lot about that. And people, people were really asking for that. People really want to understand the money part of it. And, and so that, you know, the podcast is really just a way to kind of give back from, you know, hearing from Michael and I directly on, on things that we've experienced over the last 10 years. Mm, That's so good. And I'm so happy you're doing it because I think that you haven't even seen what's coming next for you, but I think, the platform, which I'm, it's just such a no brainer is that you are an expert in building brand and building community. And so this podcast mm-hmm. helps Thank you establish you. that platform because the, the idea of you really now being that, like you are the brand and you are speaking and writing and all the things, it's just, if you want it, like there's so many people who could line up and just learn from one sentence, like unpacking one thing that you've done is huge. One thing I want to say that you just touched on and it really is, it's part of the theme of this whole conversation. I said it to you, how down to earth you are. And then you just said the thing about Steve Berg and the money piece. I want to ask you this because a lot of people I know, they think in their mind that there's a choice between having money and becoming in, uh, someone who's not nice or not having yeah. money and being nice. And, and then be behind yeah. what's really behind that which we get to usually when we really go deeper, and this is the Jen Sincero piece of it, is I feel a lot of shame around having. I don't really let myself have things. And I don't really know how to receive. And I don't know that I'm worthy of having. And so what I love is like, you know, the more I've actually spent around people who have a lot, the amount of generosity and humility that I see is just, it's so striking. So what do you have to say about, receiving, having, what does money mean to you? What does success mean to you? Do we have to sell our soul? And are we allowed as women and men too, but especially as women, are we allowed to receive and can we allow ourselves to open our arms and to let go of the shame? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I love Jen Sincerio too. I actually, I was trying to get her like coach me because, you know, I mean, a year ago and I went through my divorce over a year ago. Now I was like, I was, and I, and my life had changed so much. And that, you know, my day to day with dry bar had changed so much and I was so lost and so depressed and so mm. sad. And I went through a really, really hard time. And I, I read her book, the badass one, not the business yeah. one, like the more yeah. personal one. And yeah. when I listened to it actually, which is even better, I loved it so much that I tried reaching out to her and her people to get her like be my a life coach to oh me. And I couldn't 
get to her. See, I'm not that powerful. You are the cutest Uh, person. And that's so generous that you would just share all of that. I, I mean, I lived through my parents' divorce and it was one of the most painful things in my life. It is, it doesn't even matter whether the people, you know, are amicable or it's, it's such a loss. It's a, it's a death of so many things. And I'm so, I just feel for you. Anyway, you know, so in this like kind of second iteration of my like, career and my my life, I talk about that stuff a lot now because I feel like people don't talk about it. And it kind of drives me crazy. And I think when I yeah. went through that really tough phase in my life last year, I was like, <laughs> anybody I came across, I, I, I would usually start crying and tell them what was going on. And I couldn't yeah. really hide it from it because it was so real and present for me. And I think that to your point, I think that people probably look at me like, uh, you know, like all the lovely, sweet things you've said about me, you know, it's like, yeah, that's kind of how people, a lot of people see me, but like, you know, there's this whole other side of me that my life completely fell apart last year. And I was like on the, literally on the floor and like a puddle. And, you know, it's, to me, it's, it's so important to talk about these things because everybody with the more people you talk about it, like everyone's gone through it. Like, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of things with my kids right now. And the more people I talk to about it, the more people are like, oh yeah, you know, my friend's kid went through that or this has happened. And, you know, and it's like, if we would all just be a little more honest about what's really going on in our lives, you know, life, life would be so much better. And so I'm, I, I, that's why I, I do openly talk about these kinds of things. So I think it's important that people, especially people in kind of my position are like, yeah, it's not easy. It's all a mess. It's all messy. And it is all and dirty all the time. You know, yep. so, I see we, we thought we loved anyways. you, but now this is, re- let's just talk about for a second. This is really why you're successful because you are present. <laughs> you are here. You're in the room. And if you would have said that you didn't hit the floor, I would be like, oh, she's not there. So she's going to hit it at some point. But the fact that you did mm. is because whatever you do, you're there for it. And so, of course, you would feel that grief. And it is insane. What you said is so true. I mean, we just got to know you a little bit and you do everything with your whole heart. So to put yourself into that, the way that you put yourself into your business, look how much you must have put yourself into that. And also, it doesn't mean that it failed. If you did anything for five years or 10 years, people would go like, amazing. What are you moving on to? That's awesome. But instead, there's also people look at it like, oh, that didn't work. That It's like, wow, that's a whole other piece of it. Yeah. It was such a, a life lesson and I'm so grateful for it. And I'm so much happier on the other side of it. You know, had you told me what was coming, you know, over a year ago, I would have like, I was a no, 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 oh, I'm not going to that. But but now, you know, now it's like, I am better for it. And I'm madly in love with somebody right now. I'm happier than I've ever been, but it did. It was really hard to get there. I mean, man, it was like, it was literally going through hell. And it was like a joke that like me and four of my girlfriends said, like, it was just became this thing that we always said, like the only way out is through, like the only way through is through. Like, I don't want to go through, but you have to go through it. And yeah. you, and I just remember like bucking that, that at every turn thing. I don't want to go through it. I don't like it, you know, but anyways, it's a, that's that's ama- a whole other podcast. <laughs> that, but that's amazing. And the only way out is through. And that's so true. And it's so, it really is. It's so brave. And you've been so brave and so generous through this whole conversation. What do you think about that question of women feeling guilty to, yeah. to want for more? I mean, you even just said you're more in love now, you know, in a way than ever. I think that we, we put a big ceiling on like, well, that's okay. I'll just have this or that's okay. This is enough. And who am I to ask for more? Yeah. I, I, it's so interesting, this question. And, and it, what it brings to mind to me is, I don't know if you're, you know, Jamie Kern, Lima. Um, she's the founder of It Cosmetics. 
She's a powerhouse. She's amazing. And she, you know, sold her company for so much money. And she was on the cover of, I think it was like Forbes or one of those money magazines as being like one of the richest women, self-made women. And I remember having like really mixed feelings on that. And I've been asked to do stories like that in the past. And I always resisted them because I'm weird about money. And I, to, your, to this question, you know, it's like, I don't, I mean, also I think for me with kids and it's like, I don't really want people knowing that stuff. It feels very personal, you know, but on the other side of it, like, it's like a combination of being, I think, kind of humble about it, but also like feeling like you deserve it. And, and like, for me, my lifestyle has changed, you know, and I, I do, you know, indulge in a lot of things I didn't used to be able to do. And I, and I, I talk about those things more because I do think it's important for, you know, it's, it's almost like goal setting. You know, if you look at someone like me as completely self-made, you know, and think like, no, I used to have a budget app on my phone for many, many years because I could only <laughs> spend a certain amount of money a month, you know, and now that's, you know, my life is, looks very different and that's, and that should be celebrated. And, you know, and I, I provide 4,000 jobs for people around the country. Are they, make, they make what I make? No, but it's, you know, it's pretty incredible. It's probably one of the things I'm most proud of. So, you know, for me, it's like, I will wear a Gucci bag, but then, you know, a sweatshirt from, from forever 21, you know, and I think, yeah. and I'm okay and happy with all of it. You know, I'm really into like high low. And I think that like, you should, there's certain things you should splurge on and certain things that you should be more conservative about. But I think it's like, I never want to be like flaunting things, but you know, I've yeah, worked 100%. really hard for my success and, and I want to like live a life like that. But by the way, I'm also, I always said if I ever made any real money, like I would take care of people in my life. And I do, you know, and I feel like I give away a lot of money. I invest in a lot of businesses. I take care of my dad. I've helped my best friend with it. I mean, I've helped a lot of friends and, you know, and for me, like that's, that's the best part of, of you know, of having success and, is, yep. is being able to do that. It's like a karma thing. I want to give back. Yeah. And yeah. You know, there's been a lot of people along the line that have really helped me in a lot of ways. And so it's amazing. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's something we should be hiding. And I'm also a massive believer in self-care. I mean, I do it all. I get facials all the time. I get massages all the time. I do hot yoga all the time. Yeah. I get blowouts. Like, I'm like, I take advantage of that. And I think, you know, women should do what they can to make themselves feel good. And 100%. We, you know, we wear so many hats. A hundred percent. Cause that's our responsibility. We have to be responsible for the energy we bring in the room. And the more you invest in that, the more you're able to serve the world and be the, and best, be the version. best version of yourself. You know, I mean, that yep. was something that I didn't do in the very early days of dry bar, you know, or not even just early, the first few years, I did not take care of myself. I wasn't like happy with my body because I wasn't eating well because I was just eating on the run all the time and I wasn't yep. working out and I wasn't like doing things that made me feel good. And it was like, that doesn't serve anybody in my yep. family, my, my work, you know? Yep. So it's all, it's all important. Yeah. And I love what you just said about how much you can give back and, and it, it becomes a gift. Yeah, it's so it's cool. like, how can I change this? How can I give back to this? And, you know, and it's sort of like this, wow, you're being given this to do with what, what we feel like you could do with it if you had it. And so many people, yeah. think if you had more money, how much more good could you do? So everything yeah. was just sparkly and awesome. Thank you for being you. And everybody go check out our oh, podcast. You're so sweet. Check out Squeeze. It's like a service, an app to get better massages. Well, Squeeze is an actual location and we're franchising completely that business. So go check it out. It's the first locations in Studio City. It's, it's just spectacular. Um, and yep. yeah, I'm on, you know, Instagram is Alleyweb and the dry bar is the dry bar. I think Squeeze is just Squeeze, but you can, you'll be able to find us if you go to my page and 
Yeah, I have a lot of really fun projects I'm working on. I'm working on a book. I'm working on TV shows. I have all sorts of fun things oh, happening. Oh, my God. Where, where it all goes. Yeah. I'm obsessed <laughs> so, right now. Thank That's you. so exciting. Allie, thank you so yeah. much. Uh, well, thank you so much. This was great. Allie's so awesome. I loved talking to her. Okay, here are the takeaways. Number one, trust the path and follow what excites you. Number two, it's one step, one phone call, one conversation at a time. Number three, just start, just go. You will figure every little thing out. Number four, customer service is the backbone of business. You can mess everything up, but if you're nice about it and treat people well, they'll forgive you. Number five, it doesn't take a college education or a degree. It just takes powerful determination to do something great. Number six, there are a million things that already exist, but you could probably do it better. Number seven, life is not easy. It's all messy. If we could all be a little more honest about what's really going on, our lives would be so much better. And number eight, do something that makes you feel good so you can be the best version of yourself. Okay, now let's celebrate your wins. Linda posted in our Facebook group and she said, I was always afraid to ask for help or opinions on any of my crafts and creations, but I did it this past week and I just got an overwhelming response full of positivity, love, and encouragement. Thank you, Kathy, for this group. This community support is so beautiful. I actually had the courage to talk to my boss and let her know what was happening. I even let her know I would probably have to quit my job in the next few months to focus on my dream. And she was so supportive. I can really feel this is happening. I feel pretty grateful. Linda, that is so cool. I'm so proud of you for having the courage to ask for feedback. And it makes my day to hear that the group has been such an awesome community for you. And I'm even more impressed that you took another incredible step and told your boss because that does take a lot of courage. I can't wait to hear how this all unfolds. So please keep us posted. All right, here's the next win. Angel said, my win was scoring a small voiceover job for a children's book. It will require me to stretch myself because I have to incorporate character children's voices. I've never done this many, but I'm going to go for it and get it done. The author loves my first two page samples that I did and wants me to do the whole book. When I'm also seeing that people are resonating with my content that I have been sharing via my startup marketing agency as well. When Angel, congrats. I'm so happy for you. I love that you're taking on this challenge instead of trying to stay in your comfort zone. You're going to grow so much from this and I'm excited to see what's going to come your way. You're such a superstar. Let us know how it all goes so we can celebrate your future wins too. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for being here in my life. I am well aware that there's other things that you could be doing with your time, many other things. Uh, on Monday, come on back because Jason Mraz is going to be on the show. So make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you want to celebrate my birthday with me and get in on a fun little giveaway, I will choose two of you who do this and send you some fun stuff like cupcakes and flowers so that we can share my birthday together. But um, I'd love for you to post on your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller and just share how the podcast or how I have like maybe added something to your life, some spark, some goodness. And if you wouldn't mind, leave a review for the podcast and subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you Monday.
Like a soldier. 